We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Fox News was tracking five undecided non-Trump MAGA voters before President Trump did a town hall. And then they spoke to them after they watched President and were in the President Trump town hall. Welcome to the BCP podcast. Watch this. Why don't we do a show of hands? Yes. If any of you change your votes. Yes. I was leaning Trump. I'm definitely going to vote Trump now. How about three of the five people raise their hands? How about you guys? Same. Yes. I went to both the Nikki wow. Haley town hall and now the Donald Trump town hall, and I can safely say that I think I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. That was the four out of five. What about the fifth guy? Matt? Well, like you said last night, I was 50-50, you know, kind of riding the line, but Trump really pulled pretty hard today. I really enjoyed just... We didn't have to talk jokes. Let's just talk policy. And for once, we got that out of Donald Trump today. I think what we've seen here, though, yesterday. And what's with Laura Ingram here? She doesn't like or believe these people are going for Trump. Is she that much of a rhino elitist? I I don't know how to interpret this. It seems like she's looking at the camera, looking at this. uh, I think she's looking at the camera because the other host is looking at the people. And he's looking to his right. And she's looking at the camera, like rolling her eyes like. She can't believe that people actually want Trump. Three of you were very undecided. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump really flipped this, and now we have a unanimous panel of Trump supporters. Yes. Did you expect that's where you'd land, Eric? Eric? Well, when he read that thing about the Eighth Amendment, because my biggest fear also was the legal challenges. And to me, even though it was simplistic, uh, it showed me he had at least a, a strategy. Like, he, he has a, a plan to get out of these troubles. Mm -hmm. And for me, Mm -hmm. uh, when he said that he was doing it for America, I believed him. I believe Trump when he said that in 2016. Then he proved between 2017 and January 19th, 2021, that that's exactly what he was about. How come it's taking people his third time running for president to come to the realization? Who would want to have to deal with all of the BS that he has had to deal with losing his wealth, constantly in court. And it's so it's so funny. We know about projection. We know the left says exactly what they're doing. But everything they accuse President Trump of is so obviously a lie. He's not in it for himself. He's not in it to be a dictator. He's not in it to be a tyrant. He really is in it because he loves America and he's been so blessed by it, him and his family. He wants to give back. And that's how that's how we feel on the right. We love this country and we're willing to fight for her. President Trump really is inspiring. And it's just weird that people are taking this long to realize where President Trump's heart is. He's not soft and fluffy. He's not he, he's not a soy boy like Obama. He's not this genteel fake like Mitt Romney. He's from New York. Suck it up, buttercups. 
We want a bulldog in the White House. Look what happens when you have a poodle and a puppet like Biden. But better late than never, I'm glad these people are finally coming around. And so therefore I felt to myself, I owe him that, at least to give that uh, vote to him on that, yeah. on that, that reason. But you could see it in his eyes when he said, I'm not worried about my safety. I'm worried about the safety of this country and its people. That was a very powerful remark by the that, president. I think so, too. Yeah, that clever remark. Worried about our safety. Yeah, because we've got a porous border. And the numbers of illegal aliens and criminals coming in is staggering and alarming. By the way, if you have AT&T or T-Mobile, you may have noticed that your, uh, your phone was out this morning. Very strange. I, I saw this both on Breitbart and other news outlets. AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile customers hit by cell network outages throughout country. Was this a, I don't know, some, some uh, like on Gateway Pundit, they're saying uh, it's sparking fears of a possible cyber attack. Some cannot even make emergency calls, which was very interesting is this morning, my wife was like, I have no internet on my phone. I'm like, what? Which didn't make sense because we we're in the house. So I grab her phone. I'm I'm I have both an iPhone and a Android phone, but the iPhone has become kind of my daily driver because in this environment, I, I was I was an Android guy. I don't really get in the war, but I just like Android more because of the flexibility and the personalization and what have you. And uh, but because I'm now in the last couple of years have become very much in a Apple environment as far as we produce these on a Macintosh. We use Final Cut Pro for editing it. And when I do things, it's just very easy now to have an iPhone. My wife is not an iPhone person at all. She loves the Google Pixel phones. So I looked at her phone and I'm like, that's weird. Uh, her Wi-Fi had somehow been turned off and she was only on, and we have AT&T, she was only on, uh, on data, but... She could not get internet, even though it was showing that she had, you know, the five bars. And that was very early this morning. I thought that was strange. Didn't think anything of it. I put her on Wi-Fi and, and she, you know, then the day, she went about her day. This was uh, very early in the morning. And now I'm seeing this. Totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Tens of thousands of cell phone users have experienced outages this morning for their home phone, internet, and mobile phone service, the shocking number of interruptions is sparking fear of a possible cyber attack. The outages reportedly began at around 4 p.m. Eastern time and also affected thousands of customers with Verizon, T-Mobile, and U.S. Cellular. Cricket, which is also part of AT&T, reported having 11,000 customers affected. The most significant of these issues was reported by AT&T users, which spiked at 32,000 reports at 40.30 a.m. before again jumping to 71,000 at 8 a.m. And that, interestingly enough, is about the time, like I said, very early this morning, that it happened to us. AT&T says they're working on it. So I don't know. I don't know. You know, you know we, we have been in, not in fear, but we have been concerned. And I don't know about you, but we have been preparing for a possible outage of communication. We uh, have... Uh, access to ham radio and other things so we can know what's going on in, 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 in an instant that the, they cut down on communications. But we know the Chinese have all kinds of chips in our computers. They are 
monitoring and hacking and doing soft attacks on our infrastructure, electricity, telephone, what have you. President Trump was very smart telling Huawei to get out of America. So this is an election year and we are preparing for, we don't want it to happen. I hope we're dead wrong, but we are preparing for the high probability of a major event and what a major event it would be if we had no communication, even if we had electricity, even if we had power, but could not communicate, we had no internet, no phone, that would be crushing to our society, wouldn't it be? It would affect everything from transportation uh, to food to working. It would be chaotic. They wouldn't have to cut off our power, just our communication. And not for that long. If they did it for several days or a week or did multiple attacks, scary stuff, folks. Make sure you have at least, at least 72 hours of food and water, preferably a month or a week. I know many are on a fixed income or a tight budget, but just buy a little extra and have 72 hours. You don't want to be desperate on day one, ground zero of these things going on. Just saying. And other people disagree with me. They said day one, well, most people don't realize what's going on. That's when I'll go get my food. And then by day two or three or four, when people really start realizing that the fit has hit the shan, then I don't want to be out. Either way, don't you want to have options? Just have a little extra, folks. Just have a little extra set aside. NBC News had reported that in in addition to customers unable to make calls, some were unable to reach 911 emergency services. That could be problematic. That could be problematic. Imagine mass chaos and no law enforcement or way to get a hold of law enforcement or getting sick and no ambulatory or emergency medical services. If I ever get to the point where I have corporate sponsors, one corporate sponsor I probably want to have are those pharmacies. So you can get medicines because this is the biggest thing that I'm concerned about because my wife has aged parents in California and you know they have medications. If something happens and their medications run out, that could be very problematic. And I didn't know this, that it's very hard to stack up. You know, they want to keep you up to date. The, the refills, uh, you know, these are things that I'm, you know, in my late 40s, I'm, I'm now coming to realize that you just can't, you know, as, as I'm working with my, mostly my in-laws, learning all these little things. For instance, I didn't really realize until working with my in-laws that unless you have a strategy in place, it's tough to even have a 90 days reserve, never mind a six month reserves of your much needed medications. Now, if I were ever to have corporate sponsors, I would look for a corporate sponsor that allows people to like an online pharmacy for allow people to maybe stack up on their much needed medications to have just an emergency cushion. And also for people to readily be able to get things like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. So I don't know if there's anything to this AT&T and TAC, but the fact that it also affected Verizon, uh, which is on a different, um, I don't know if Verizon's still on CDMA. I believe they're still on a CDMA, CDMA so they'd be in a, they're in a different uh, part of the band, different network than AT&T and T-Mobile. So 
I report this just so we're aware of it. And if there are more dots to connect here, I will in the future. But let's hope it doesn't become a trend. A trend like the continued dropping dead of relatively young, healthy people. Or not so healthy people because they took the jab. Coylin Thomas, age 39, of Florala, passed away unexpectedly last week at her residence. And there's a GoFundMe because she died suddenly. And the interesting thing is that if you go back to her social media on April 24th, 2021, she was out there saying, you can do this, let's get vaccinated. And then we wondered why she died suddenly. Now, we don't wish anything upon anyone. We are not cruel like that. But it is interesting when you get a report like this, where a New Zealand politician who was pushing for mass COVID vaccination died suddenly after collapsing at a charity run. A Fessel Collins, a member of the New Zealand House of Representatives for the Green Party and a vocal proponent of COVID-19 mass vaccination efforts, tragically passed away yesterday morning. Collins, 49, was participating in a charity run to support Child Fund's initiative to provide safe drinking water to communities in the Pacific when he collapsed unexpectedly. Despite the immediate medical attention provided by emergency services at the event, which took place at Auckland's Brittlemart, efforts to resuscitate the Member of Parliament were unsuccessful. Uh, the cause of death is not yet determined, and there has been no confirmation that is related to his vaccination status or advocacy efforts. But he was known to be an outspoken supporter of mass COVID-19 vaccinations, particularly within the Maori and Pacific communities. He had been recently vocal about a Vaxathon event. So I think it's pretty safe to say that this guy died, and it may have been due to the vaccination. I mean, he was only 49. Reports were that he was relatively healthy. And generally, when people are out there advocating for the vaccination, they themselves have taken it, with few exceptions. You know, some of the famous people in on it uh, said, yeah, they're pushing vaccinations, but they and their children weren't vaccinated personally. So you've got, obviously, people more attuned to the sudden deaths of people that were vaccinated. And we have excess death because of it. Well, what are they doing over in the UK to deal with this? Oh, they're not trying to deal with the problem. They're trying to hide the facts and the data. Check this out. This is what's going on. The Office of National Statistics over in the UK now has a change to how they will be reporting excess deaths. Published 22nd of February, but it's from a few days ago. Excess mortality, more sophisticated approach, better reflects population. The Office of National Statistics has changed how it calculates the key measures for gauging public health. The Office of National Statistics has announced a new method for estimating excess deaths across the UK, uh, United Kingdom countries. Excess deaths are typically defined as a number above what might be expected to, to occur in an average year. ONS used to look at the average number of deaths registered in the previous five years and compare that with the number of deaths registered in the current year. Under the new method, the expected number of deaths is estimated from age-specific mortality rather than raw counts of deaths so that the trends in population size and age structure are taken into account.
Julie Stanborough, ONS's Deputy Director for Health Data Analysis, said the weakness of the old approach was that it did not take into account the UK's aging and growing population. No, the problem with the old account, the way of accounting for this, is that it exposed the excess deaths due to the vaccine. They were able to blame those deaths for a long time on COVID, but people were waking up, so they had to monkey with the data. This is what they do. This is the Ministry of Truth. This is 1984 George Orwellian tactics alive and well in 2024. Now, I want to play this for you. This is uh, Katie Hopkins. For those of the U.S. who may not know who she is, she brands herself the biggest bee in Britain. She is a comedian and she is a social commentator. She has this live show and tour. And she's been very outspoken. She has been kicked out uh, by the ANC from South Africa. She's not no longer allowed, I think, in Australia because she was very outspoken about their lockdowns. She is a trained economist like yours truly. She knows stats. And listen to what she posted yesterday on her Twitter account. The ONS change of methodology for measuring excess deaths. And rather than try and explain why so many people are dying unexpectedly, a new system is in place where we're going to measure excess deaths differently and apply it retrospectively. So get this, in 2019, there were 6,000 people who died that shouldn't have died unexpectedly. Under the new measuring system, it's minus 34,000. There is a pile of 40,000 dead bodies in 2019 that now, poof, doesn't exist. Let's try 2023. In 2023, 31,000 people died that shouldn't have. And now that figure is 10,000, just like that. Now, the medical profession and charities and governments don't have to explain why people are dying unexpectedly because the ONS just made them disappear. Do read this report. But do not for one moment imagine this is normal behavior by statisticians. They are all in on this and they are lying to your face. They are all in on this. Okay, I want to back up for a second here. I'm having an ADD moment. I told you and reported about the AT&T outage this morning. And I was like, wait a minute. Weren't we warned about a major cyber security event by the World Economic Forum? Yes, indeed. And here's proof I'm not crazy. If you go to the World Economic Forum website, they have right here prominently a cyber attack with COVID-like characteristics. Uh, The World Health... Let's see, the World Economic Forum... They like to let us know what they're up to way in advance. So given what happened today, I think it behooves us and it would be wise for us to listen to this warning by these WEF monsters. The COVID-19 pandemic has shaken our economies and societies to the core and shown us how vulnerable we are to biological threats. In the digital world, similar risks are being overlooked right now. A cyber attack with COVID-like characteristics would spread faster and further than any biological virus. Its reproductive rate would be around 10 times greater than what we've experienced with the coronavirus. To give you an idea, one of the fastest worms in history, the 2003 Slammer Sapphire Worm, doubled in size approximately every 8.5 seconds, infecting over 75,000 devices in 10 minutes. 
and almost 11 million devices in 24 hours. Fortunately, at least until now, cyber attacks have not impacted our health the way pandemics have, but the economic damages, and therefore the impact they have had on our daily lives, have been equal and sometimes even greater. You see, the only way to stop the exponential propagation of a COVID-like cyber threat is to fully disconnect the millions of vulnerable devices from one another and from the internet. All of this in a matter of days. A single day without the internet would cost our economies more than 50 billion US dollars, and that's before considering the economic and societal damages should these devices be linked to essential services, such as transport or healthcare. As the digital realm increasingly merges with our physical world, the ripple effects of cyber attacks on our safety just keep on expanding at a faster pace than what we're preparing for. Now, before I play you the last few seconds, I want you to pay close attention to what they're admitting here. COVID-19 was known as an anticipated risk. So is the digital equivalent. Let's be better prepared for that one. The time is now. Did you catch that? Besides the fact that they're warning us to prepare for it. COVID-19 was known as an anticipated risk. They were talking about disease X and a pandemic that would be worldwide right before it happened. Why will you not take their warning or their threat of a cyber attack that's going to cripple our economy, cripple emergency services, and wipe us out within 24 to 48 to 72 hours? Why would, we, why would we not take that seriously? It sure seems like a warning to me. It was known, anticipated that COVID-19 would wreak havoc, and so is its digital equivalent. What are you waiting for? What are we waiting for? The World Economic Forum already let us know that it's coming. Like the COVID-19 pandemic, it's not a matter of if this cyber event occurs, but it's a matter of when. And it's a matter if we are going to be, as they put it, prepare for it because uh, the time is now to do so. Now, you're not going to believe this, or perhaps you will, but some people, because this wasn't live and have no way of proving this, everything you saw previous to right now, I recorded earlier because I was seeing the news about the attack. Now, I've taken a pause, gone downstairs, had something to eat, and a Coke Zero, my vice, which I don't drink every day, but several times a week. And then I wanted to see what other news may have come about the cyber attack on this AT&T. And oh my gosh, the stuff that has, uh, that, that's coming out right now. And one of them has to do with what I just talked about when I first started recording this episode. You can't make this up. Let me show you what I'm seeing. First of all, Sassafras on Twitter shared this. Today, my husband and I noticed a ton of air traffic going in, uh, going on in our area. Nadia Business, uh, Nanya Business, Nadia Business, that's pretty funny, was kind of to share these photos. Trump said yesterday we should be on high alert. Does anybody know anything? What are your thoughts on the phone outages and increased air traffic? If you're in a city, what are your plans in case something happens? 
Well, that's kind of uh, interesting. Then according to, uh, then for those of you listening, there's a map. I guess she lives in the Houston, Texas uh, area or Chicago or somewhere in the, uh, uh, in the south of the country by the border. So shows a lot of air traffic in and around Dallas, Houston, south of Chicago, where it, they were hit hard. And then there's a map of the outages being in Houston, San Antonio, Austin, Chicago, New York, Miami, Dallas, Atlanta, Indianapolis, according to Down Detector. And also you can see over here in uh, Phoenix, San Francisco, uh, Utah, Arizona, uh, Nevada, where we're at, like I told you earlier in this uh, report, we had AT&T issues. My wife didn't have internet this morning. And then uh, the comments seem to be showing that this this air traffic is uh, having to do with um, with military aircraft, Air Force aircraft. Then I started to see all these other things. There's a lot of uh, interesting uh, links here. So I started to, to, to check. I also follow Chuck Calesto. And uh, breaking, the FBI in collaboration with other federal agencies and Department of Homeland Security now investigate the recent AT&T outage was a result of a cyber attack. At roughly 4 a.m., a massive outage struck AT&T along with multiple cell service providers. Users have reported massive hold times from a landline and providers are tight-lipped as to the cause. Well, that's interesting from earlier this morning. But now I'm looking at this. This afternoon, Fox Business. Pharmacies nationwide face delays as healthcare tech company reports cyber attack. Didn't I just say before I even saw this article that one of the things we should hedge against in an emergency is to make sure that we have enough of our medications. Change Healthcare said it became aware of the outside threat on Wednesday morning, disconnecting their systems for security purposes. So this happened yesterday. Pharmacies across the country are reporting delays to prescription orders due to cyber attack against one of the nation's largest healthcare technology companies. Change Healthcare, a company handling orders and patient payments. Oh man, why is this cutting off? I'm sorry, folks. For those of you watching this, let me correct this. I'm on a roll here. I want to keep this flowing. For those of you listening to it, the graphic I was showing was cut off on the screen, so I fixed it. Change Healthcare, a company handling orders and patient payments throughout the U.S., first noticed a cybersecurity issue affecting its networks Wednesday morning on the East Coast. We are experiencing network interruption related to the cybersecurity issue, and our experts are working to address the matter. Once we become aware of the outside threat in the interest of protecting our partners and patients, we took immediate action to disconnect our systems to prevent further impact. Craziness. But that's not all. Um, that's not all that's happening. Check this out. Rubio, Marco Rubio today, warned that Chinese cyber attack will be 100 times worse than AT&T outage. Your power, your water. GOP Senator Marco Rubio warned on social media that the AT&T outage affecting tens of thousands of Americans pales in comparison to what a potential China cyber attack would look like. I don't know the cause of the AT&T outage he posted today, but I do know that it would be 100 times worse when China launches a cyber attack on America on the eve of a Taiwan invasion. And it won't just be cell service they hit. It will be your power, your water, and your bank. 
But I guess if you have cash in your home, that must be a black thing. So all of you, my Asian, Hispanic, and white brothers and sisters who have extra cash, you better be black. Because if, if you don't have extra cash lying around, then you ain't black, according to Fannie Willis's dad. For those of you that don't get the reference, watch my episode from a few days ago or listen to it on the podcast. Do you have some extra cash? Do you, are you prepared for a possible cyber attack on our grid? Even if we have power and water, do you have reserves for a attack just on our communication systems? I'm not going to cover other stories. When I'm done with this, I'm going to put this up immediately. This could end up being timely information that you might want to watch before the internet's down. I don't know. I don't know. But Marco Rubio is absolutely right. Rubio's warning came as tens of thousands of AT&T customers reported outages on Thursday morning from their home phone and etc. as we recorded uh, reported earlier in this episode. Earlier this month, Christopher Ray warned that China's cyber attacks against the U.S. and allies are reaching a fever pitch. Not if, but when. And interestingly enough, th- these articles, uh, this article yesterday about change healthcare, I missed that. I missed that article yesterday. But Newsweek had a very interesting article that went up about the time that the cyber attack happened on AT&T. China's hacking and spying, spying revealed in bombshell leak. A trove of documents leaked by an anonymous source reveals Beijing's wide-ranging hacking operations and its priorities and its global push to shape the global information landscape. The documents in the bombshell 190 megabyte leak on the 16th from Isun, a private security contractor with ties to China's top spy agency. Detailed within are the firm surveillance of targets, both Chinese and foreign government and private. The document shows the scope of Beijing's wide-ranging efforts to infiltrate foreign governments, firms, and national infrastructure. The dump sheds light on the tools to spread propaganda, monitor activists living abroad, and disrupt Wi-Fi networks. Folks, are we prepared for not having internet? Are we prepared for not having power and water? That is a rhetorical question that only you can answer for you and your family. If not, pardon me, Francais, but get your ass in gear and get prepared.